Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discovery Land. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. Main Street, Main Street, meet me tonight on Main Street. A gazebo, a swing dance venue, a royal theater. If you were to simplify the 60-year history of Disneyland's Carnation Plaza Gardens area, that would about cover it. Prior to opening on July 17, 1955, Walt Disney envisioned a classic gazebo in the middle of Town Square on Main Street. It would serve as a bandstand for the Disneyland band to perform on. However, after it was installed, Walt realized that it ruined the line of sight from Town Square to Sleeping Beauty Castle on the other end so he had it relocated. At the end of Main Street, the castle spires rose gracefully towards the sky. The quaint but very ornate and enchanting castle served as the centerpiece of Disneyland, inviting guests across the bridge over its moat and into the wonders of Fantasyland. To the castle's left was a section of empty space. This would serve as the home for the bandstand, restoring the line of sight to the castle. On opening day, Disneyland guests who visited the bandstand were likely met by the classic sounds of the Disneyland band. The area surrounding the gazebo remained mostly empty, with a concrete path surrounding the gazebo itself, some shrubbery, and benches, some of which were covered with umbrellas, for guests to sit in as they watched the band perform. Less than a year later, the bandstand area would close as the area would be overhauled into a larger venue for food and music. The gazebo would be moved a second time into a new area of Adventureland called Magnolia Park. But that would not be the final destination for the gazebo. Today, the gazebo still exists, but it's no longer at Disneyland. We'll discuss Magnolia Park and the Disneyland Bandstand gazebo in future episodes of Discoveryland. On August 18th of 1956, Carnation Plaza Gardens opened to the public. Upon its debut, the gardens featured a counter-service food location and plentiful covered seating. As the name implies, the area was sponsored by Carnation, serving ice cream to the masses. But you could have more than just ice cream at Plaza Gardens. You could get a hamburger or a hot dog and then enjoy it below one of the canoping umbrellas that provided shade from the Southern California sun. But the most defining feature of Plaza Gardens, a large music pavilion, would not be installed until the following year. To coincide with one of the biggest promotions in Disneyland history, date night at Disneyland, the pavilion was added to handle the masses of young adults who would descend upon Disneyland to enjoy date night. 
The pavilion featured a large white and red striped canopy. Below it, a green and white terrazzo floor was installed, perfect for dancing. And at the back of the pavilion was a stage. As this area was technically considered part of Main Street, USA, elements of the turn-of-the-century theming would be carried throughout Plaza Gardens. Intricate wrought iron, popcorn lighting, and a red and white color scheme would inhabit the area. To access Plaza Gardens, two bridges extended into the gardens. The main bridge, situated near the hub between Sleeping Beauty Castle and the entrance to Frontierland, featured an ornate, illuminated sign bearing the name Carnation Plaza Gardens. The posts on either side of the sign featured lit-up boxes with small signs within detailing who would be performing on the stage that evening. The second, smaller bridge was situated more closely to the castle. Plaza Gardens could also be accessed using a path that wound its way behind the pond at the entrance to Frontierland. By day, Carnation Plaza Gardens was used mostly by hungry guests and those taking pause from the magical wonders of the park. Sometimes, the stage would be used for school performances and recitals. But by night, Plaza Gardens became one of the biggest party spots in all of Disneyland. In its early years, Disneyland was actually not very profitable. In fact, it often operated at a loss. According to the late Jack Lindquist, advertising manager for the park and the first president of Disneyland, everyone thinks Disney was a tremendous success right from day one. It was from a public standpoint, but not financially. For the first two and a half years, we operated 34 weeks of the year in the red and 18 weeks in the black. Not a good business plan, end quote. Jack, often credited with the concept of Date Night at Disneyland, decided to make use of the park's relatively early closing hours to keep the park open late for date night. Advertisements that circulated at the time depicted couples having various adventures at Disneyland under a moonlit sky. It would not be long before date night became an overwhelming success, bringing in, according to the Los Angeles Times in 1957, 8,000 young people on Fridays and Saturdays. Various venues within Disneyland featured live music to keep the party going no matter where you were in the park. Carnation Plaza Gardens, being perhaps the largest venue, was likely often the most crowded. It was during those years that the tradition of swing dancing at Disneyland began. The Elliott Brothers and the Disneyland Date Nighters became a regular staple of date night, churning out jazz on a regular basis. In fact, Plaza Gardens attracted some pretty big names during its heyday. Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Benny Goodman, Buddy Rich and his band, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Plaza Gardens was never immune to top-notch quality jazz music that harkened back to America's big band days. And its terrazzo dance floor was seldom without the energy of countless men and women swinging into the wee hours of the morning. This tradition 
which began in 1957, is one that would go on to remarkably make Carnation Plaza Gardens into the longest-running swing dance venue in the world. In an episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, titled Disneyland After Dark, which aired on NBC on April 15, 1962, boys and girls of high school and college age can be seen having a blast at Carnation Plaza Gardens as they enjoy the sounds of the Osmond Brothers and the Elliott Brothers Orchestra. It's a fun episode, which also features Walt Disney, Annette Funicello, who was known to dance at Plaza Gardens, and Louis Armstrong, among several others. And it happens to be on YouTube as of this recording. As time drew on, things would, of course, be prone to change. As different management styles took hold of Disneyland in the 90s, the big-name bands would be replaced with lesser-known local bands. The food service windows at Carnation Plaza Gardens closed permanently around 1999. It was during this era that the theming of the Plaza Gardens was refreshed, with brown replacing much of the white wrought iron and decor of the area. The stage was reconfigured. The former counter service restaurant was covered and new transitional facades that vaguely resembled Frontierland were installed. Additionally, a new entrance between Plaza Gardens and Frontierland was created to the right of the pavilion. At the other end was the Rancho del Zocalo Restaurante, which opened in 2001. Despite the closure of the food location, the sign at the main entrance to Plaza Gardens still proudly bore the Carnation name as it would until 2012. At Disney's D23 event in 2011, it was announced that Carnation Plaza Gardens would be reimagined into Fantasy Fair, an extension of Fantasyland that would permanently house meet and greets for Disneyland's princesses. A notable amount of Disneyland fans were in uproar, with petitions circling the internet to get Disney to stop. Of course, Disney almost always accomplishes whatever it wishes, with history taking a backseat to progress in many cases. Although I never danced there myself, as a lover of jazz, I would occasionally visit Plaza Gardens and take in the sounds of the Tim Gill All-Stars and the sights of hundreds of men and women having a wonderful time swing dancing. On its last day of operation, Monday, April 30th, 2012, I visited Disneyland to bid goodbye to Plaza Gardens. After picking up one of my favorite meals in the park, a serving of marzanara with meatball, which is basically spaghetti and meatballs, from Red Rocket's Pizza Port in Tomorrowland, I walked over to the gardens. I took a seat beneath the red and white striped canopy. It was dark out, and I sat there alone. The park would be closing within the hour. To this day, I feel confident that I was the last Disneyland guest of the old Carnation Plaza Gardens. But not all would be lost. When it opened in 2013, Fantasy Fair received rave reviews from Disneyland guests and longtime fans. Thematically, the area was tied together very well. And perhaps best of all, the old music pavilion remains. Although now, it is called the Royal Theater and the red and white tent was replaced by a medieval pink and purple tent. The stage was remade once again, and around the Royal Theater, the same wrought iron light posts remain. Although the light fixtures they now contain are very different. 
The two bridges that extend into Fantasy Fair are there, although they were completely rebuilt and are far more ornate than they were before. Perhaps best of all, however, is the fact that the same green and white terrazzo dance floor, that same floor dating back to the 1950s that Walt Disney and his wife Lillian can be seen dancing upon in photos, is still there. And the big band music and the swing dancing continues in the form of the Royal Swing Big Band Ball. Although the theming is different, it is generally accepted as an enhancement over what preceded it. And thankfully, the swing dancing remains. That fact, coupled with the survival of certain elements of Carnation Plaza Gardens, makes the loss of this quaint yet legendary area of Disneyland easier to take. So next time you are at Fantasy Fair, step below the canopy and onto the terrazzo dance floor. See if you can hear the echoes of the Elliott Brothers Orchestra, or the Osmond Brothers, or the Carpenters. Imagine Annette Funicello, or Walt and Lillian Disney, dancing the night away. And remember what once was Carnation Plaza Gardens. Disneyland is an incredible place, and around every corner, whether you realize it or not, is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope that you have enjoyed this trip into Discoveryland. Be sure to tune in next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Discoveryland Show and on Twitter at DiscoverylandVC. Until next time, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.